Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart in the greatest city on earth. In the
of course, people come to him and tell him Lazarus is sick. Come on, man, your friend is not doing the best right now. He is sick. And what does Jesus do? He stays where he is two more days. He doesn't rush over to help, it seems. He feels negligent. It feels as if he's waiting for something to happen and starting him inserting himself into the situation to change it immediately. Why would Jesus do this? So we pick it up at John 11 and 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Mary, Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Martha was sitting, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Maybe it's a little too harsh. Maybe it's a little too to the point. 
But I think it's pretty simple, you know? This is the seven things God hates. So as long as you're not doing any seven of these things, then you can reasonably not be hated by God, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. One, a proud look. Two, a lying tongue. Three, hands that shed innocent blood. Eighteen, a heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. And the word was collusion. 
Now I looked up the word because I didn't know what it meant. And collusion is a secret pact for evil made between two people. I'm going like, how does that really apply to this situation? Because there is a response that is necessary when something like that happens. Somebody dies before the time. We have sympathy, and then we move into anger because something has been stolen. And I think many times if we stay in an area of sympathy, then we are agreeing with what has happened. Sympathy is a good thing, but I think Jesus was moved by empathy to go into a dangerous place understanding the authority that he had. I love how God keeps his promises so well. Um, I got another crazy story. You know, it's weird in Western uh, society how like death is something that we can never get used to. <laughs> never get used to. You know, funerals, memorial services, all that stuff is, is very strange um, sometimes. But I think God has given us authority that we are not aware of so many times. I was with a team of people and we had heard about a student in, at Trinity University who, or Trinity College, whatever it's called, you know the one in Deerfield. And he had passed away in his sleep. A young man had passed away in his sleep. His parents invited us to go pray for him to be resurrected from the dead. That sounds crazy. <laughs> so I go with a team of people and we go to this funeral home and he's laying in the casket. This is, you know, maybe everyone's biggest fear is to die before the time that you're supposed to. I go in with these 12 people, we worship, we pray, we declare that God and his resurrection life is there. Nothing happens. The people come in over and over again from the funeral home to ask us to leave. His family asked for one more time to be there for three hours praying and ministering. Nothing happens. But do you know how to encourage his parents were? To see that we had been there at that moment to believe with them for their son to be raised. There is only one response when something has been stolen from us, and it is not merely sympathy. It's to move beyond it into a righteous anger that declares, no, 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 life shall happen here. This is what we're all doing here. We're saying, oh, no, no, COVID is trying to take everything from us. All these things in the city have tried to take so much from us. But there is life here. Come on, somebody. There is life here. How often we give up right before the resurrection. God is always inviting us into more. A little bit later on in uh, John 11, um, and Jesus says, Let's see. 
Jesus says, this is in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Now, this is a big deal. As soon as she heard that, as she arose quickly and came to him. When you were mourning in Jerusalem, you had a seven-day period of mourning, and everybody came to your house. She left her home to go to Jesus, which was a huge honor in that time. Then verse 30, now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in a place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were there with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down on his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The shortest verse in scripture, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. This is Jesus weeping, being moved inside of him. It's going beyond sympathy, even beyond empathy, into a compassion that moves him inside his very Bodies. Jesus weeps with us wherever we are. Every single lost, every single the enemy is stolen. He is right there with us in the midst of it. It is so hard sometimes to have hope when you are looking in the face of an impossibility. But this is what makes this kind of compassion not weak or naive. It is arms open wide. It is fully looking at a problem in the face. It is not saying, the problem doesn't exist. Jesus is just going to take care of it. It is us fully embracing. I don't know where my destiny lies, God. I don't know how, I've never felt as far from you, God. I've never seen such a lack of opportunities in my life, God. To see all that in the midst of it, but to be encouraged inside of us. Knowing that Jesus weeps with us and he mourns with us and he walks with us, but doesn't leave us there. That is good news. There is no empathy like the empathy that Jesus has. That he is the resurrection of life, and there is never time to give up. When is it time to give up? Never. Never. We never give up. We always pray for healing. We always believe that God can enter a situation immediately and transform it. Because when you have the Savior of the universe on your side, there is nothing that is too hard for God. You know, in the kingdom, it works like this. You believe it, you see it. 
In a world of works, I need to see it to believe it. I know there's a way that you will never see anybody ever resurrected from the dead. That is if you never pray for anybody to be resurrected from the dead. I know there's a way that you will never see anyone healed. That is if you never pray for anyone to be healed. I know there's a way that you will never see anyone come to Christ. That's if you never share your faith. There is this risky place that we have to step into. Just as Jesus was stepping into the risky neighborhood of Bethany. Stepping into this place to be all that God had called him to be. And then in verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he's been there dead for four days. Martha is very proud of that. <laughs> Here's Jesus. He's like, May I want to do that? <laughs> Jesus said to her, Did not I say to you that you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took this, away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you are always near me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. That's crazy. So he comes out wrapped in his grave clothes. And he was probably pretty tightly wrapped, like a mummy. You know what I'm saying? Get practical. We're still on But he, he probably like wobbles out a little bit. And Jesus was actually talking to the grave clothes. Because he had already come back to life. There is something about us stepping in the midst of where death may be. Because we know. As we are looking around this city and fall is coming, all of its beauty, it is a death that gives birth to life. Which everything has to pass away so that life can come from it. Why are we afraid of losing and dying? When over and over in scripture, Jesus tells us that he will not save his life unless you lose it. If a seed but falls to the ground, then it shall produce much fruit. And we see the beauty of fall coming around us and a reminder that God works all this out for our good of those who love him. My question for you is, in this moment, what resurrection is God giving you a glimpse of that he's taking you into? What resurrection, what person coming to life 
that you can take a hold of. Because there's so much left for us to do if we don't give up. The resurrected king is resurrected me. It doesn't take much of faith or belief to say things as they are. Say, yeah, man, I'm not having any job prospects. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. I don't. This, this is horrible. This situation I'm looking at, man, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be healed. I don't think I'm ever going to be painless. I don't think I'm ever going to have a friend. And the hard part is getting around those who declare things that are not as they are. Where is life? Where is resurrection happening? Because that's where I want to be. On Instagram, I've been posting some testimonies from the past and coming across more and more. And the reason I do that is to stir up faith in us, to begin to show what is possible, what God has done, and what he is going to do. In the midst of um, situations that were hopeless, in the midst of situations that were dead in the water, he still called us back to life. Shall be a mighty congregation of faith. 